Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa ala Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbak wa hubba amalin yukarribuna ila ahbika arhamu rahimin Ya Allah we ask you for your love Ya Allah we ask you Ya Allah for the love of those actions that will gain your love and we ask you Ya Allah for the love of those people who you love Ya arhamu rahimin Ya Allah we ask you to make this a Ramadan where we gain your ma'rifah your understanding and forgiveness in this month Ya arhamu rahimin Alhamdulillah. In these Friday night sessions, inshallah, uh, we're going to be looking at various verses uh, from the Quran as Ramadan obviously is the month of connecting our hearts to the message of the Quran. So inshallah, we're going to be looking at certain verses over the next four Fridays, including this Friday, that have to do specifically with the concept of faith or iman, knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and building that iman and growing that iman. And uh, the verse I wanted to start from this evening is a verse from Surah Al-Baqarah, or a series of verses from Surah Al-Baqarah, which focus on the primary message of the Prophet ﷺ from the moment the message began. The moment the message began, the message was all about the oneness of God. Recognizing that, وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهٌ wahid, Your Lord is one. Now I know that's something that many of us in the room take for granted, like, yo, I got it. My, I learned that in Sunday school back in the day. But for some of us who came from other paths, other other ways, that single message, that very simple message of God being one is extremely profound. And it clarifies so much, it clarifies so much. I, I, I kid you not, I remember being eight years old, nine years old, and, and asking my mother as a Christian, mom, do we pray to Jesus or do we pray to God? And my mom was really caught, she was really taken back. She was like, um, both. Because so, she didn't know what to say. And in my heart, it sat forever. The reason I'm saying that is because it's something that we take for granted, that God is one, God is one, God is one. Um, but these verses here and a lot of the message of the Quran, especially the Meccan surahs. Now, the Meccan surahs are the ones that are revealed before the prophet migrated. Those verses are all focused on, hey, wake up and realize that God is one. And so the verses that we're going to be reading tonight are absolutely uh, beautiful if we actually dive into them and really connect to them. So as I'm reading this, I really want you to focus on these words. And, and remember, it's verses number uh, 163. So Because I want you to go back to these verses later after we go through them and read them. And I really want you to connect to them. Before I read them, I want to share a hadith. There's a hadith where the Prophet Sallallahu he said, and Ibn Ajiba narrates this in his tafsir. وَيْلٌ لِمَنْ قَرَأَ هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ Woe be to the one, meaning this person is messed up. Woe be to the one who reads these verses that we're going to read. But they don't take time to really contemplate and think and slow down and see what God is asking us to reflect upon. So I'm going to jump straight into the verses, inshallah. The verses begin, verse 163. Call Allah Ta'ala. ilahukum ilahun wahid. وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهٌ وَاحِدٌ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ الرَّحْمَنُ الرَّحِيمُ And your Lord 
your Lord, everyone. This verse is addressed to the Mushrikeen of Makkah, to the Yehud of Medina, to every person. It's general. Your Lord is one. La ilaha illahu huwa Rahman rahim There is no God but Him. He is Ar Rahman. He is Ar Rahim. He is the most compassionate. He is the most merciful. Now, this verse was actually revealed while the Prophet was making Hijrah to Medina, as he was entering into Medina. He was going into Medina. He was entering into the city of Medina, and this verse was revealed. Simple verse. Wa ilahukum Your Lord is one. La ilaha illahu wa rahman rahim. When the mushrikeen of Quraysh heard this verse, they said, how is one God going to be enough for everyone? Like everybody needs a God. We all need our own thing to focus on. We all need our own, you know, kibla, so to speak, thing to focus on. How is one God going to be enough? And then the subsequent verses that were going, that are very, the next verses, they were the ones revealed right after that. As a response to that question, that how is one God going to be enough for all of us? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, now here's something we got to stop for a moment. Hold up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed signs of his oneness and his greatness all around us. But the problem is, I'm going to be frank. The problem is we grew up. We grew up. What do I mean we grew up? When I start to read these, these signs of God, when you have little brothers and sisters or children, they're still amazed at these things. And what happens with us is we see them so often that we forget the magnificent aspect of how amazing they are. But God is telling us, look, slow down, look around you, appreciate the beauty in God's creation, and you'll see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everywhere. Ibn Ajiba says, listen, all of this is about Tawheed, the oneness of God, God being one. Ibn Ajiba says, listen, there's three levels of Tawheed. This is heavy. This is heavy. He says, level number one is just to not worship a God other than God. So you don't believe in like some other thing that you worship. You don't worship something other than God. That's level one. He says that's the amatul mu'minin. That's the average believer. Okay, so then what's the next level up? He says the next level up, hear this out, is when you don't see anything happen except that you know that the cause is Allah. See, we love blaming things other than God because it's easy to do. Somebody cut you off. You flip them. Oh, it's Ramadan. You don't flip nobody off in Ramadan. Right? <laughs> so somebody cuts you off and you, you know, give them a, a look. Right? Because that person is silly. We're going to use some good words. Alhamdulillah. That person is, has, is, is problematic. We, we love to blame people. And we, because if we back up enough, we know that it's in the hands of God. There's an interesting proverb, a Chinese proverb of a fisherman who's on a, um, on a fishing boat, small one, little raft, and he's going upstream. And as he's going up the stream, it's kind of foggy a little bit. He sees another fishing boat coming towards him. So as he, you know, he starts to worry a little bit. So he yells, hey, yo. Well, he probably didn't do that. That's how we do it. But he said, uh, excuse me, excuse me. But the boat keeps coming. The boat keeps coming. As it gets closer, he screams out again, excuse me, excuse me. It keeps coming closer, closer. Finally, the boat does hit him. It's going slow, but it hits him. And he's about to get angry when he realized there's nobody in the boat. It just broke. It just got off of the dock. It just is a floating boat. So now all that pent up anger that was about to be released on somebody, it's nowhere to go. 
Who are you going to be angry at? It's an empty boat. It's an empty boat. The, the, less, the, reason, the, the proverb is so beautiful because when we get this level of tohid, the second level of tohid, you stop getting angry at people, man. You stop getting angry at people. It's like when you got toddlers, man, or a little brother and sister. First time they put something on the couch, you go, like, yo, what are you doing? Third, fourth time, you're just like, Adi, Adi, whatever. It's all good. All right, we're going to have to get a new couch anyway. It's all good. The point, I, the point I'm trying to say is the second level of Tawheed is you stop looking at the causes everywhere and you, all, you realize that there's a, there's a major cause behind that. So your focus is always there. And why is that important for me and you? Because it brings peace to your heart. It calms you down. It brings that anger down. That's not this dude's fault. Yeah, he messed up. Cool, whatever. But Allah allowed that to happen. And we always want someone to point at. And, and, and so that's why I think it's important for us to focus on the second level of Tawheed. So what was the first level of Tawheed? Zechariah, what was the first level? That's it. You just worship no one but God. Second level of Tawheed, Saad, I just said it. No cause behind any action except Allah. You know what the third level is? No? Wherever you go, wherever you're at, whenever you look around, you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hold up, what you talking about, Mikael? Hold up, that's not like some Bidda stuff you talk about. Hold up, before you start judging me, chill out. You look around, you see the wind blowing, you see the trees blooming in the spring now, you see a storm, you see rain, you see a baby playing, you see people praying. Whatever you see, you see the beauty of God's creation is everything is a reminder of God. So in a metaphorical, and keep it metaphorical, don't take me beyond this gathering, everything you see reminds you back of Allah, everything. These are the three levels of, of Tawheed, three levels of oneness of God. So now, after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, now look at this. What did I say? What did I say we lost? What was the thing we lost as we grew up? The ability to see Allah and the beauty of Allah in all of the amazing things of the creation. So look at this verse. Wa ilahukum ilahum wahid. Your Lord, your Lord is one. La ilaha illahu. There is no God but him. Why are you focused on anything else? He is the most compassionate, the most merciful. Now, all of this, this next verse is all eight different signs for you to reflect on. Indeed, in the creation of the heavens. Imam Razi, if you open this, this, this verse up in the tafsir, Imam Razi just goes in on the universe. On the, on, the, on the orbit of the planets and how beautiful it is. And, and the knowledge he had of it was, with all due respect, elementary to what we know today. But just studying the solar system and the universe and seeing how magnificent it is. God says, just look at that and right there, you know who I am. In the creation of the earth itself. And the alternation of the day and the night. Razi explains the alternation of the... You ever watch a sunrise, man? I took, I took, um, I took my in-laws. They came to Dallas. Ain't much to see here, but, you know, you got to find stuff. So we went down to uh, White Rock Lake. 
and you could see a beautiful sunset from there. And uh, everyone was just mesmerized. And that's the first time some of my, uh, my, my brother-in-law or sister-in-law had seen a sunset. How many, how many, how many years have you been on this planet, young man? Oh, dang, you old brother. You look good. <laughs> you look good. How many sunsets have you seen with your own eyes? Anywhere. A lot? 30, mashallah. One a year. One a year. You ever notice there's no sunset is the same? You can watch one 365 days a year and they're never the same. Every single day the light shines a little bit different. And it's always a reminder, the rotation of the day into night. What about a sunrise? Now, I, I might get you on that one. Seeing the sunrise, something we, we, it happens every day. But these are reminders for us. These are things for us to look at and sit back and say, subhanAllah, who created this? Then Allah says, And the ships that sail in the ocean, Imam Razi is deep. You know what he says about this? He says, it's amazing because Allah put our needs spread over the entire earth so that we would have to go travel and get them. You can't get everything in one place. Now it's easy for us. You go to the world market shop, whatever, Sarah's or whatever. You get everything from around the world. But think of traditionally, if you wanted some spice, you wanted salt, you had to travel. So he says, look at how Allah put things in different places. So if you wanted them, you had to travel, number one. And then he put it in people's hearts to come up with this ideal of build, building ships to travel on sea. Number two, amazing thing. Number three, he says, then he made some people courageous enough to actually then go and do it. Because those were journeys that you don't know if you're coming back. Those are long journeys. So, And the ships that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on the ocean, we call it buoyancy. We take it for granted. But if you look at that huge, huge, uh, what are these? Uh, aircraft carriers sitting on the back of the ocean. But if you take a rock and you put it, okay, you're all going to say, Sheikh, it's basic science. I know, but you just named what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made as a miracle. You just put a name on it. It's actually miraculous. It's actually amazing. Yes, you've named it. I got it. I know the name too. I, I, I did eighth grade. I know. I got it. But that doesn't make it less of a miracle. That doesn't like make it less of a sign of God's greatness. That he put this ability within, within the earth. It, it's ironic, and I hate to mention it. I actually saw a meme that was pretty funny because this guy just yesterday, he was looking at an aircraft carrier, and he was like, I get it. And then he changed the camera. He's like, but I don't get it. I get it, but I don't get it. And I was like, subhanAllah, because we were doing these verses today. So, looking at the ships that sail across the ocean, with things that benefit people. Next thing is the rain. The rain is beautiful. The rain is beautiful. What's, the rain is the source of life. It brings, Allah says, that rain comes down and it, and it brings back. Do you remember how mesmerized you used to be at the rain when you were young? You remember running around in the rain? 
When's the last time you ran in the, in the rain, Doc? Exactly. Now, let me share something to you. You know two sunnas when it rains, what to do? You know two sunnas? One, sayyibah nafi'an. Make the dua, oh Allah, make it beneficial. You know what the other sunnah is? The Prophet Sallallahu used to go out with some part of his skin off, uh, showing, like no shirt, and just stand in the rain. Why? Because it's qareeb ahd min Allah. It just came down from God. He used to just stand in the rains. And what do we do? We run through it. Imam, Imam, uh, Imam Abu Hanifa, he used to say, Someone asked him a question, what do you say about a person who runs away from the mercy of God? He said, he's a mu'min. He's like, what? How's he a mu'min? He's like, the mercy, the rain is the mercy and we all run from it. We all run from the rain. When I read the fact that the Prophet them, when the first rain of the season would come, he would go outside and he would take some shirt off or something so that some of his skin was exposed. Something, right? Go in your backyard. You can take your whole shirt off if you want. I don't know, right? He would go and he would just stand in the rain. Just stand in the rain. And I'm picturing the Prophet Sallallahu just looking at this rain coming down. And I'm like, subhanAllah, this is a man reminding us of how beautiful this thing is. And you know, again, I'm going to tell you, you know who reminds you? The little ones, man. Because when it rains, they'd be like, Baba, let's go outside. You'd be like, what? And in your heart, you're like, yeah, it's kind of fun, yo. And then wifey's like, don't even think about it. <laughs> don't even think about it. Y'all going to get sick. And we did it anyway. It was cool. <laughs> we did it anyway. Next time it rains, yo, take the kids out. Just jump in the rain. And remind them that this is the straight from Allah. The Rasul said, said them, love the rain. Beautiful. And what God has sent down from the heavens, the water. And he gives life to something after it's dead. We call it dormant. See, we keep naming things, right? A tree is dormant, it's dormant. A seed is dormant, right? It's dormant and I put a little water on it and all of a sudden it's something happened, germination. We named it again. But it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, so, so this water gives life to the earth after it was dead. Next sign. And then God spread every type of beast across this planet, all, across this earth. Y'all who come to the Holocaust know I like watching the National Geographic joint. What is it? At Planet something? Planet Earth, yo. Planet Earth is the joint, man. You want to remember God? Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, cool. <laughs> Planet Earth. You see some, some birds and some creatures. It's like, subhanAllah, the one who created this. Till today, still discovering what God has created on this earth, let alone beneath the sea. And the turning of the winds as the wind blows. And the clouds elevating between the heavens and between the earth, just floating there. You remember we used to look at the clouds? When's the last time, When's the last time you looked at the clouds, man? And, and saw something. You remember, you remember what I mean? You used to see alligators. She used to see stuff. We used to look at the clouds. Some of you are listening to me right now and you're like, yo, I don't get it. The point is that the creation of Allah is beautiful. And the only way you will fall in love with Allah is to fall in love and look at his signs. And they're all around you. But you're too wrapped up. You're too busy. You're, too, you're on the grind. You're working too hard to take a break and stop and just look. And guess what? There's two times in life, I guarantee you're going to remember this. Or will we act upon it? When you're a child, you'll do it. 
Because it's all amazing still. You know when you're going to do it again, though? When you're very old. When you're very old, you're going to sit down and say, let's watch the sunset. You're going to sit down and say, yo, let's look at the clouds. Because you'll realize how amazing this was. Those are the two times right there where you come back to this. In the clouds that are hanging in between the heavens and the earth. These are for people who reflect, who think, who sit back and take a break and look at the creation. But guess what? Everyone doesn't do that. The very next verse, verse 165, switches the tone. This is the beauty of the Quran, the way the tone switches, the way the scene, the picture changes. All of our minds, if you were listening to me, you were going through these signs. You were seeing them one by one, one by one, one by one. In the very next verse, picture it now, picture it. Don't focus on me, picture the Quran. You were looking at these verses. You were going through the clouds, all of these things. The very next verse says what? But there are some people who take besides God other andad, other deities, other things they worship. They love those things like they should love Allah. They love those things like they, what things? The things that they put before God. The things that they worship before God. From people, they take things that they obey, they listen to, they live for. Think, okay, here's the deal. Ain't nobody in here worshiping idols, okay? So whenever God talks about worshiping an idol, a lot of us, we dismiss it. Oh, that ain't me, I'm not a mushrik. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. There are things that you're living your life for, dedicating your life to other than God, even though you don't call it worship. Your life is all about that thing. And what? You love it more than you love Allah. Or the way that you should love Allah. That's what you live for. That's what it's about. What does the verse say next? But those who believe, listen to this tough here. Some of the scholars say that the verse is actually saying there are some people who take these things in life and they love them the way the believers love Allah. Now, if somebody tells you, if somebody, if somebody was to challenge your love for your mother, right? Like, how much do you love your mother? Mikael, someone says to me. And they said to this other person goes, but I love my mother more. You're going to feel like a little offended. You're going to be like, yo, nah, man. No one matches my love for my mother. The believer is similar with God. That when, when Allah said there are people that love other things the way we love God, that kind of hit us like, what? So the very next verse, continue, goes, uh -uh. No, 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 no. The believers, their love for God is way more. Way more. Um, hub, hub, hub. Why are we talking about love now? Why are we talking about love here? Because, because, the more you focus on Allah, the more you have that tawheed, that oneness and focus on Allah, the more the love increases. The more the love increases. Focus on anything that's beautiful, you'll love it more. It's your wifey too, bro. Focus on one, the love increases. Ibn Ajiba, he says, there are two reasons why you love anything. This is heavy. He says, husn, it's either beautiful or ihsan. Or it does good to others. 
or it's beautiful or makes things beautiful. Now look at Allah. Let me say it again. It's either husn, good in itself, beautiful. So you, we love beautiful things. Beautiful car, beautiful boat, beautiful house, beautiful face, mashallah. We love it. What's more beautiful than Allah? What, 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 ihsan? The one that does good to others. We love kind people. You meet someone that's always doing good, your heart just grows love for that person. What's the other quality? Jamal. Jamal means what? Oh, beauty. I just did beauty, right? Oh, husn. Afwan, samihni. Jamal is beauty. Husn is goodness. Someone that's good or does good to others. It's something that increases love. So why, why are we bringing up love at this point? The reason why we're bringing up love is because these signs of God, if you had focused on these signs in the creation, they would have brought you to increase your love of God. A lot of us struggle. We're in the month of Ramadan. We, we're like, yo, I want to love God. I want to love God. What, what the Quran is teaching us through the structure of these verses is when you focus on the signs of God, when you start to see the beauty of God and the goodness of Allah in the creation, it increases your love of Allah. Love is the most important thing you can possess. I'll share one hadith and then we'll go forward. There was a man that came to the Medina. He was a Bedouin. That means he was a thug. He was rough around the edges. He didn't know the, 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 the etiquettes of how to talk to the Prophet So he came to the Prophet and he said these words. He said, A man loves somebody, some group of people, but he can't be with them. He loves them, but he can't be with them. What he's trying to say, there's two meanings. I live out, out of town. I can't be in Medina all the time. Or I love y'all, but I can't do good deeds like y'all. Y'all up there with a good deeds, but I love you. He said, A person loves a group of people, but he can't catch up to them. The Prophet Sallallahu turned to this man. And before I say these words, I'm going to tell you something. Anas bin Malik says, this was the happiest day in Medina. After the Prophet coming to Mecca, this was the happiest day I've ever seen people in Medina. After the Prophet said the words I'm about to say to you right now. The Prophet said to this Bedouin, On the day of judgment, you'll be with those who you love. Who do you love? Where's your love at? Not where your actions are. Our actions suck. They're, they're bad. Our actions, you know, no, I can't give you an example. My kid's in front of me. It's all good. <laughs> Literally, like, right in front of me, too. So it's not... Okay. Like, our actions are not good. Our actions are not good. We try. Don't get me wrong. We do our best. We do our best. Like a child presenting what they draw the best for you. We love it. But what we can work on and claim, everyone in this room can claim they love Allah, man. They love the Rasul. They love Allah, they love the Rasul. Sah? Right? Do you love Allah? You love the Rasul? The Prophet on this day, he said you'd be with him on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Anas bin Malik said that was the happiest day in Medina. Because everyone at least knew in their heart they had love for the Rasul, Sallallahu So love, we need to build love. We need to build love. And guess what? Love, love and Tawheed go together. Because the more you learn to focus and get rid of the distractions, the more you'll love the thing you're focusing on. The more you get rid of those distractions and focus on that one thing, the love for that thing will increase. May Allah give us that love. That's why I begin every halakha. What do I say? 
Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak. Oh Allah, we want your love. Because if we got that, everything's easy. One more thing. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi rahimahullah, he says, look, there are two primary motivators in life. That's it. Love and fear. You stop something because you're afraid of the consequences. Afraid of being humiliated. Afraid of people finding out. Afraid of whatever. Or you do something because of love. That's all it's about. Control your loves. Control your fears. And you'll be able to motivate you to where you want to be. That's the primary thing. A little bit more of this verse. But those who believe they love Allah more than anything. They love Allah more than anything. And then Allah switches the picture slightly. He was talking about these people that love things as they should love God. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Only if those people who were loving things other than God only if those people, dhalamu. What does dhalamu in Arabic mean? Who knows dhalamu for everyone? Ahmed, dhalam, dhulm, oppression, right? But the Arabic language is deep because the word dhalamu actually means putting something where it doesn't belong. Your love is for God. Your heart is created to love Allah. The creation is created for you. You are created for Allah. But we've switched it. We've started to live our lives for the creation and forget the creator. Let me say that again. Allah created you for him and created everything in this earth for you so that you could focus on him. But you switched it. He created you. You forgot about him. And you focused on the creation when you were supposed to be focusing on the creator. What's dhalam? Dhul means putting something where it doesn't belong. Your love is supposed to be with God, not everything else in this dunya. Your love is supposed to be there. So that's why Allah uses the word dhalamu. Only if those who committed oppression. Do you feel what I mean, Saad, by oppression here? The oppression isn't that they punch somebody in the face or hurt someone. The oppression here is they put their loves in the wrong place. Only if, now I need you to focus on this verse. We're almost done. Allah is, Allah is talking about the day of judgment. He fast forwards to the day of judgment. So we were just looking at these group of people who love something more than Allah. And then Allah is saying only if they could see themselves on the day of judgment. Now I want you to picture what Allah is saying about them on the day of judgment. When they see the punishment, they'll realize Allah is in control of everything. And Allah's punishment is fierce. At that moment, the people who they followed will start to absolve themselves. This is heavy. Allah is telling us in this verse, a lot of times the reason why we love things that we love is because we're following other people. Who are you following? Who are you imitating? Who are you living your life after? So this verse is saying, guess what? If you want to follow somebody, okay. But let me tell you something. This is the Quran speaking. That person is going to completely absolve themselves of you on the day of judgment. Bro, I don't know you. I don't know you. You, be, you sold out. The verse says it. Listen to the verse. On that moment, in that moment, they will see 
that the people they followed after, it's crazy how we even use the language today, followers. How many followers you got, yo? How many followers you got? It's crazy. They will absolve themselves of the people that followed them. When they see the punishment. And all the connections are broke. I don't know you. Asbab, connections. Everyone's breaking connections. Yo, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you. You did it yourself. Don't ask me. When the followers now, Allah says what they will say. The people who are following others will say, Man, I wish we could get another chance. I wish we could get another chance. Man, I just want to go back. You know what I would do? I would absolve those people in the dunya the way they're absolving themselves of me in the, in the akhirah. Do y'all get what's happening here? This is heavy. These people are being sold out on the day of judgment. The people that were like, follow me, follow my page, live my lifestyle, do what I eat, what I eat, work out the way I work out, be like me, like, subscribe, and share. <laughs> right? So you can get the notifications below, whatever. All the people that are asking for followers are now saying on the day of judgment, I don't know you. I never told you to follow me. I don't know you. Get out of my face. Tabarra. I'm free from you. You're on your own. You can't point to anyone else. Now, the people who are the followers, Allah says, they will say, Man, if I could go back to the world, you know what I would do? I would absolve myself of those people in the dunya. Thus does Allah show them their actions. Now listen, they're asking for another turn. Do they deserve another turn? Do we deserve another turn? Here's the thing. Every day you wake up, you got another turn. Habibi, every day you wake up and breathe again, Allah gave you another turn to turn back to him. And in the Quran, Surah Al-A'raf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If they had got another chance to play this whole test over again, they'd do the same thing again. They're saying this on Yom Al-Qiyamah because they see it. But if they were sent back and they were given the dunya again, they were given cars, house, money, job, all these things that distract us. If they was all placed, if they just got a whole nother go, Allah says, I'm telling you now, if we gave them another chance, guaranteed, they would do the exact same thing again. My message to me and you is every day that you wake up, you got another karra. It's like the, the Groundhog Day. Makari, we know. That's from our time. They don't know. These young bucks don't know about Groundhog Day. They see in the new versions of it out there now. We saw the OG one. Y'all know what Groundhog Day is, young, young brothers? See, told you. <laughs> it's about the one guy, he wakes up every day, same day. Oh, yeah, 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 got it. Okay. The point I'm trying to explain to us is every day you wake up, you have a new opportunity. Yesterday's gone. Today is a new day. Tomorrow you wake up, realize, yes, all those days are gone. I can start fresh tomorrow. If I die tomorrow, that's my new day. That's it. Every day before is gone. 
So if you, are, if you think these people deserve another chance, just think about what we're saying to ourselves today. When you wake up tomorrow, that is your another chance. Allah lets you breathe tomorrow, you got another chance. We're almost done. See, Allah is showing them your, their actions. Allah is showing us now what certain people will say on the Day of Judgment. So you can wake up. So they would have remorse and wake up. But these people will not be able to come out of the fire. May Allah protect us. Brothers and sisters, the fo focus on today's lesson was just on the oneness of God. The whole purpose is that you build a, a love for Allah more than any love there is. And the fact is that every love other than Allah will fail you in the world. The most beloved people to you, our mother and our father, will leave us. Our children will leave them. Wife, husband, they'll leave us. And then it's just us by ourselves with God. Back where we started from. You came in alone, you leave alone. The purpose is God is telling you, love me more than everything else. Love me more than everything else. Everything else is a distraction. So may Allah give us his love. How do we get the love? Well, that's what the verse has just taught us. Look at the signs. Look at him everywhere around you. Look at yourself. Look at your blessings, man. When you go to the gym and you're working out, remember Allah who gave me the strength, right? Who, whatever you have, look around you and realize Allah's blessings in every single moment. When you recognize his blessings upon you and then do one more thing. When you notice his blessings, immediately follow up by thinking about your shortcomings and what you've done, your sins. Hold up, wait. On top of all of these blessings, I've been so disobedient. Astaghfirullah. You'll find yourself so shy before Allah. So may Allah give us his love. May Allah make us of those who we love Allah more than anything there is. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us in these blessed nights of Ramadan.